Hi there. You're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show, where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. In last week's episode, I gave you three steps to becoming the information manager on your cases. So I thought a good follow-up would be another proactive step that you can take on your litigation cases. Begin with the end in mind. In other words, start your trial notebook now, not when the notice of trial comes in. And yes, I have been focused a little bit more on litigation than usual on the podcast, but that's because I'm literally knee-deep in it right now. I'm working on the paralegal boot camps, litigation boot camp, and I'm getting ready to host another free masterclass for new litigation paralegals. In it, I'm going to talk about an often overlooked area that new litigation paralegals should really focus on early in their career. You can reserve your seat at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash masterclass. I'll put a link in the notes. Okay, so begin with the end in mind by starting your trial notebook early in the case. Let's not wait until the trial notice comes in. This is also a great way to get up to speed fast on a case that's just been dumped on your desk. That never happens, right? We've all been there. Something unexpected happens and you're asked to jump in at the last minute to help another team get ready for trial on a case that maybe you've never worked on before. Or you take over a case from a former paralegal who's no longer at the firm and you're now the lead paralegal on a case that's going to trial in a couple months. This task may seem daunting and overwhelming at first, but whether you're a new paralegal or merely a paralegal that's new to the case, This will give you a roadmap for navigating the path to success as a trial paralegal. As the lead paralegal, especially one that's going to trial, you're going to need to make a judgment call and decide on the critical projects that need to be done because you simply don't have enough hours in the day to do everything that you might normally do to prepare for trial. If, for example, you've been working on the case the entire time. When you don't have the luxury of time, there are some things that you can do to get up to speed quickly on the case while simultaneously preparing for trial. And that's what we're going to talk about. Because the most important role of a litigation paralegal during trial is to organize and manage the evidence throughout the trial prep phase and in the courtroom. With that in mind, you can utilize building the trial notebook as kind of a multitasking tool that's going to get you quickly up to speed on the case, in addition to its main purpose of keeping the trial team organized. The best method for organizing the contents of a trial notebook is to follow the natural progression of the trial. As you work on each section, you're going to get up to speed on the case and get ready for trial at the same time. I'm going to give you the main sections that I would include in a trial notebook. And don't worry, if you're driving, walking the dog, or doing some yard work right now, you're going to be able to access a printed version of what's in each of these sections in the show notes. So section one is the reference section. This is a basic section that's going to allow you to get familiar with the factual and legal issues of the case, because what's in it is 
First, of course, the table of contents for the entire trial notebook. Second, a contact list that's going to have the names, phone numbers, and emails for everyone involved, including the judge, the clerks, the staff at trial, both your staff and the opposing counsel's staff, right? Because a lot of times if you're in the middle of trial, especially if it's an out-of-town trial, you're probably going to be calling the paralegal on the other side rather than the attorney, especially if it's for logistics things. Third, you're going to have travel information if it's an out-of-town trial, like the war room, courtroom directions, hotel information. Fourth, you're going to have a case summary, and that's going to have the factual and legal issues all in one place. And fifth, you'll have a proof chart. That's the elements and proof that are going to be required in the case. In the printed version of this that's going to be on the website for you, I'll also add some pro tips and elaborate a little further on each of these sections. So don't forget to visit that. I'll put a link in the show notes. All right, moving on to our second section. Section two is pleadings, discovery, and pretrial. While you're assembling this section, instead of just gathering the pleadings and discovery and putting them all into the notebooks, you can be also identifying and extracting key names into a player's list and key dates into a case chronology, like I discussed in the last episode. The essential elements for this section are going to just include major pleadings, like the complaint, the answer, the counterclaim, significant discovery responses, not all of the discovery responses, just things like requests for admissions and interrogatories, and also a section for major orders, like the pretrial order, the order on the motion for summary judgment, and other significant orders. All right, moving on, section three is our pending motions. Most of the pending motions are going to relate to evidence that each side wants to keep in or out of trial. Because of this, you can get up to speed on that current trial really quickly and look at the evidentiary issues. Okay, section four is going to be the voir dire section. When you first assemble this section of your trial notebook, most of it's going to be blank because you won't have any of the information yet on the jurors. The function of this section is to make it easy for you to quickly handwrite information about each juror during that jury selection process. So in this section, you might want to include space for a jury challenge chart, juror profiles, an outline of voir questions a list of the grounds and authorities for challenging those for cause, a jury panel chart, and a notes section. Section five of our trial notebook is going to be our opening statement. The opening statement is one of the most comprehensive places to start if you want to quickly learn what the case is about because the attorney is essentially outlining everything that she or he wants to prove at trial. The opening statement is the equivalent of the compass for the trial. Now, in this section, you're going to want both the outline of it and the complete text of it. Section six is our outline of order of proof. This section is kind of the roadmap for trial. It maps out how the trial will progress, what order the attorney expects to call the witnesses, and what order they expect to introduce the evidence. It's useful for an attorney to do this because they can see if there are any gaps in how they're going to piece together the evidence and how it's going to get introduced. 
This section is a great way for a paralegal to also get up to speed fast as it maps out the entire trial chronologically. Okay, moving on, section seven is witness examination. If you're preparing the list of exhibits that are going to be introduced, you can be updating your working exhibit list with the name of the witness that the exhibit is going to be introduced through while they're on the witness stand. This is going to give you the opportunity to be able to get familiar with the exhibits for each witness. So in this section, you're going to have one main section for your witnesses in alphabetical order, and then a section for the opposing witnesses, and also in alphabetical order, of course. And then along those lines, of course, our next section, section eight, is going to be exhibits. The exhibits section of this trial notebook, this is going to allow you to become familiar with the documents that are going to be presented as trial exhibits. You'll have your hands essentially on all of the exhibits probably three times during this section. First, when you're drafting the exhibit list. Second, when you're putting together the exhibit notebooks and exchanging them with opposing counsel. And then three, when you're assembling the witness notebooks and putting the exhibits in the corresponding witness notebooks. First, you're going to start drafting the trial exhibit list as a working exhibit list that's going to contain detailed information about each exhibit. And that's also going to serve to help you be able to find these exhibits easier during the trial and pretrial phase. Once you complete the full copy with all of the detail in it that you're going to use, I call it the working exhibit list because you're going to be working with it, then make a complete copy. And the new one is only going to have the columns necessary for use in the official trial exhibit list that gets exchanged with opposing counsel. So in this section of the trial notebook, though, you're probably going to have four different parts. You're going to have the trial exhibit list that gets exchanged with the other side. You're going to have a copy of the full working exhibit list that contains the detailed version, but it's for internal use only. Depending on how voluminous your exhibits are, some trial notebooks have copies of the exhibits in numeric order. Usually not able to do that anymore. Most trials are too voluminous. So instead, you'd have just the exhibit list. And you might also just have a referral to what box number the exhibits are in and a list of your audio, visual, and demonstrative exhibits. All right, section nine is going to be for your trial motions and authorities. These are different than your pending motions section. Trial motions relate specifically to things that the attorney anticipates happening during trial. For example, if it's a jury trial, there might be a motion for judgment notwithstanding the verdict or some other action that each party is going to ask the judge to take during trial. Section 10 is going to be your closing statement. This is a work in progress that's going to change throughout the trial. And the closing statement essentially starts with that outline of order of proof, and then it's supplemented with information that you obtain through trial notes and the information you're working on in the exhibit list. For example, the attorney is going to want to be able to reference during the closing statement something like, Exhibit 236 was introduced through witness John Doe. And that's where you're going to have in this section an outline of the closing statement, props or a list of props, 
and a notes section for recording items that are going to be added or are added as the trial progresses. Section 11 is jury instructions. This is what the judge is going to read to the jury before they go back to deliberate. In this section, you're going to have the attorney's copy of all instructions that are going to be proposed to be read to the jury, along with the opposition's proposed instructions. You're going to have the final copy of the jury instructions that are going to be read by the judge. And then if there is no jury, if this isn't a jury trial, in this section, you could have this be the request for findings of fact and conclusions of law. Section 12 is the proposed verdict form. Unlike the jury instructions that are read aloud to the jury before they go back to deliberate, the proposed verdict forms are something that goes into the jury deliberation room. This identifies the burden of proof that's necessary for the jury to rule on each allegation. In this section, you'll probably have both the verdict form and a section for your supporting authorities. Section 13 is the law section. Think of this as your legal research section, not on particular issues like pending motions, but just the general legal issues and the rules. So you might have the trial memo, the notes maybe from the judge's bench book, and pertinent rules of evidence. And then your final section, section 14, is just for notes, reminders, and to-dos. Ask any litigation paralegal who's experienced the last-minute trial prep rush, and they'll all tell you that as challenging as it is, it's also very rewarding. Every time you attend a trial, you learn a little more and become an even better trial paralegal. All right, that's our last section of the trial notebook. Don't forget to reserve your seat at the free masterclass. If you're new or fairly new to litigation, or if you're thinking about moving into that practice area, you don't want to miss it. I'm holding it at three different days and times that you can choose from. You can reserve your seat at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash masterclass. All right. Well, I hope this episode helped you prepare for your next trial and you're preparing early in the case. Begin with the end in mind. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.